John D. Podcast episode 91. This is Alex Caravan, director of data science. Uh, although maybe I, I can talk about a specifically a different role I'm, I'm doing now as well. Drinking an oolong green tea, joined by some uh, fresh faces as host. Bodie, take it away. Kyle Bodie, founder, Driveline Baseball. Uh, now the interim director of R&D, crushing a Rainier. Max? Uh, Max Engelbrecht, I'm the director of product management uh, software. I have a green tea as well. Gary York, director of software engineering, and I have a Redberry Ghost Energy. So, um, you know, been, been a bit of a break since the last R&D podcast episode. Also, uh, complete revamp and host. So, so figured I'd talk about it for, for a little bit. Time to see how many hardcore R&D pod fans are just fans of uh, Lindley and Brady with uh, without audio and, audio and podcast numbers do after this. But, yeah, um, past host Kyle Lindley, Anthony Brady, as well as uh, past guest Daniel Coyne, now working for the Philadelphia Phillies. Um, great, great ex-co-workers, great ex-co-hosts. Uh, your boys trying to keep this podcast chugging along. Got the new heads of R&D here. We'll, we'll see what kind of new guests we have uh, as well in the future. I mean, I, I personally want to expand it a little bit more to, to other sport analytics uh, guests as well, make it a little bit less niche. But, yeah, I mean, again, quite, quite the revamp for any any hardcore fans. Hopefully this means for uh, anyone listening that your boy can get away with a couple more um, couple more lewd dating stories in the last couple minutes of that podcast episode. That's the main That's the main reason you, I, I got I got Lindley and uh, Brady out to the Phillies now. But anyways, um, that give, given that kind of transition, you guys want to talk about uh, new direction stuff? Uh, what what R and D is headed in? But Bodie, you kind of came in and, and took over sports science. You know, I mean, we had we always do in the off season. We always have people leave for other teams, and uh, MLB teams obviously are worth billions of dollars and, and can consistently, uh, you know, for lack of a better word, like give our employees more fiscally appealing offers. Um, We've had in the past a ton on trainers, trainers leaving for director roles with, you know, hometown teams, so forth. This last offseason was a, a big, a big uh, loss of R&D employees. I think our first big one where we really had to evaluate and, and kind of see what R&D career pathing looks like in driveline. For, for, for many years, we it's, it was about working on something fun, working on something passionate, um, pushing forward kind of the, the intellectual paths our employees wanted to without necessarily like tying it to business goals at the end of the road. So now that we've kind of reshuffled a little bit, the, I think the view is a little bit more clear on, on how R&D is going to work with the training floor and stuff. But anyways, enough rum, rambling. But Bodie, how, how is it from your point of view coming in, coming back into R&D? Yeah, past couple of months have been quite the whirlwind, as you know. <laughs> so Caravan and I have been working, I mean, all four of us have been working together super closely. Um, and yeah, yeah, this offseason has been tough. Obviously, we've losing some of our you know, most dis- distinguished and senior leadership here. Uh, I've done great work. Uh, you know, we wish them all the best. Obviously, it's it's, it's a great opportunity uh, for them. Um, but uh, what we're, you know, going through, it's just that's 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 the life of being at the edge, right? We're always at the we're at the industry best products of what we make. You know, but I think you're right with R and D. It hasn't really been that kind of velocity of recruitment. You know, and that that's. That's just how it is, you know. But the business has never been in a better financial spot. Uh, no, no. Uh, I mean, many things. To, uh, Alex Caravan, not to not to 
you know, if I'm too hard on this podcast, but he's done awesome work in the other role that he's in. <laughs> that's uh, that's helped, and I'm sure he'll talk about it. I'm not going to spill the beans on that. Let him do it. Um, you know, but our internship yeah, front desk, has, has been excellent. You know, I think that's something. That's right. Well, I mean, a little bit, actually, you know, <laughs> you know, and uh, our internship pipeline has been awesome. You know, so we have such qualified interns coming in. We just hired our uh, four that we're going to do with sports science. Um, and it was a really competitive process. Had about 80 applicants, probably 12 to 15, highly qualified. It was not an easy choice. So, you know, it's just about rebuilding and giving people opportunities here to, to progress. And I think that's what Driveline stands for. So I, I'm excited. Obviously, it's a lot of work to get everyone up to speed and to build our systems to be resilient. Um, but uh, I, I'm excited for the challenge. And I know that Garrett York is going to be a big key to make that happen. Yeah. Max, Max, what about you? Who do you think was a better host, Lindley or Brady? Who, who do you think is a bigger loss for, for the podcast? Um, we save, saving the tough questions for him, man. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Well, they had different talents, but... Uh... I only hosted once with Lindley, so I'll give Lindley the uh, give Lindley the edge there. Dude, that, 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 I mean, yeah, and 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 uh, Brady's dad is probably our, our highest, uh, <laughs> probably our more more likely most likely past guest uh, or past listener to retain. So that'll be interesting what he says. Um, but and, and in New York, first time having you on the pod, man. Uh, obviously, you know we've been working together really closely for years. I, I think one thing as well that I, I do, I mean, while it sucks losing you know, multiple very valuable R&D employees. Many of them are close friends. I, I think it is kind of nice that all, all four of us are, like, now, like, back in the trenches, really. You know, like, not just as directors, but also, like, we're, you know, we, 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 we're, we're lean enough that we're all doing, like, any work from intern-level work all the way to director, vision, strategy, planning. Um, York and I have worked very closely over the years. Uh, when we first embedded Edge in a track, we are pulling, like, I didn't know you describe it. It was just, like, I mean, it was, it was when kind of COVID started too, so so work-life balance was at, at an all-time uh, all-time extreme. But you know, just every day, kind of hopping on Zoom spontaneously at like nine thirty to to make sure uh, like the input-output arrays connected, like whatever it is. And then and then now that um, yeah, I, I'm working on the on the business operations side of things too. Uh, got my, my new role as a VP of business operations, and and New York like ha, has had already done a ton of work on the software engineering side of BizOps. So we're almost back in the same position now, right? Like I'll hit you up, be like, "Yo, time to hop on a quick Zoom and just just spec it out." But um, yeah, what, what, what's your vision on on kind of new projects that we're working on and new priorities? Yeah, I mean, obviously, the I, I've had personally particularly been a heavy focus on some BizOps stuff for the last like three to six months. Uh, probably, obviously, still have a little bit of a hand in that. Uh, it, it is nice having the. Uh, particularly an uh, additional technical person uh, on board doing some of that. So, yeah, no, I, I, it definitely reminds me of, like, the 2019 uh, initial Edge launch days and, yeah, 2020 uh, putting that into track. But, um, yeah, really I think the probably the biggest thing that we need to do right now is just really take inventory of all the different things that we've built. Uh, we've built a pretty wide array uh, of tools and automations and so forth and really just, like, nail down which ones are going to last and which ones are – uh, maybe need to be sunsetted sooner and then uh, really give focus to the ones that we think could push the business forward moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a different spot that, that we've been in because traditionally we've always been kind of like, you know, what's, what's the next big thing? Like, like how, how to, how to layer on the R and D stuff. And, and we've done a really good job, like getting customers interested in like almost every stage. You know, we have like consulting clients on the biomechanics side, specific consulting clients that pay for APIs. 
software clients, a ton like you know more more training floor, floor leads than ever, um, part, partnerships across the globe, matches in Australia, which you should talk about for for a little bit. But now it's like, dude, for, like we have so many things to, to, to kind of maintain and, and, and like pursue it's, and we're still working on some exciting new stuff that I want to talk about later in this podcast, but it's, uh, the, the, the goal and, and vision is like way more clear than ever. I, I think especially for our roles, like we, we know what we need to do. We just need to like actually do it and, and, and kind of prop stuff up. Yeah. Yeah. I think, honestly, I think most of the things that we need to work out. Uh, in the grand scheme of things are, are pretty trivial. Uh, there's obviously some finer technical details that have to get worked out in that mix, but uh, yeah, a, as a whole, in terms of what needs to be built and when, I, I think we have a pretty solid understanding of what that looks like. Yeah. Matt, Max, how is Australia? You, you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so we've worked with um, Baseball Australia going back uh, Bodie would know even better, but probably what, like six, eight years or something like that. You were in Australia. Yeah, yeah about in, six years ago, I was in Australia. Yeah, and uh, so they've got uh, some coaches that uh, have come out to driveline a few times, uh, and they've got a really uh, exciting, um, growing uh, amount of baseball talent coming out of Australia. And so every year they run the youth baseball championships, and so. Um, Bodie and I were at ABCA with several other driveline people. Um, and then I actually flew from Nashville to uh, Sydney, which took about 24 hours after you include uh, layovers and then was out there for the 16 and 18 U championships. Um, they were really early adopters of track um, and really most of the products we've done, uh, they've been really early on to using um and so, yeah, I had a ton of fun. I basically got to uh, go see Sydney, which I, obviously I uh, love traveling. So I, that was a, a nice bonus as well. But um, got to spend about 35 hours or so with coaches over four days uh, and then go into uh, the city uh, in the evening. Um, so, yeah, really, really, really fun. Yo, so, so, I mean, like, I know because I've traveled with a bunch of Australians, but for anybody who hasn't, what, what's your uh... – yeah, you you, you you go you meet up any uh, Australian drinking companions? You see Australians go ham at the bars? Not not too much there because they they would be working from like eight till like ten or eleven at night uh, in the eight in the morning to like ten or eleven at night. So um, no, I did go to the Opera Bar, which is right next to the Opera House, right on the water, uh, and went with Aaron Rhodes, who's one of our sales managers. Um, he had never been out of the country. Rhodes has never been to California either. He's like, oh, really? bizarrely, well, he's from the East coast. He's pretty bizarrely traveled. Um, so by the end of the trip, um, I'd been there for, we'd been there for six days and I'd been gone for two full weeks. And so I, I came back, but Rhodes just had gotten out there. So I'm like, you should definitely stay. Um, and so he got to stay out for like an extra four days. Uh, and I think it cost him like 50 bucks to, to push back his flight. It's like cool. the cheapest, cheapest trip he could ever get. He's got all the PTO that you do as well, Caravan, that expires in like two months. So he, he uh, could not have found a better trip to do. But our last day there, we went to um, Bondi Beach, which is one of the more famous beaches in the world. Watched the sunrise um, and then just hung around for like four or five hours. I watched from my phone, the Seahawks lose in the, um, in the playoffs. Um, glad I didn't watch that. Uh, but yeah, really, really fun trip. 
So, so the only game of the playoffs I've seen this uh, this year, Seahawks and Niners. Um, I actually put money on the did, – did Brady tell you or did you hear? Uh, I convinced Brady to put money on the Seahawks, and they were down like 14-13 in the, in the second quarter. Yeah, people were talking about it in Sydney, actually. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, isn't Australia kind of expensive? Like uh, for food and like uh, – I don't know, housing, but uh, – The dollar is uh... – I can't speak too historically, but I think their dollar has uh, the U.S. dollar is very strong, and so uh, one dollar is like sixty-seven. One Australian dollar is like sixty-seven cents in the U.S. So it wasn't very expensive uh, this time while we were out there, but it might be different uh, other times in history. Yeah, maybe just traveling wise, but every time I've traveled and seen Australian people, they're always like going the hardest dude like i was on this boat with like 10 australian people sailing from Colombia to panama a few years ago and just like they, they drink it from 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 dawn to dusk but anyways uh Bodhi, um i mean well, one, one thing that i'm excited about you kind of coming back in rd i think is like also j- just like you've always been in my eyes and i think many people in the industry's eyes like a strong visionary and, and have seen like things that People in the industry like still don't see, right? Like I think we're still ahead in, in many ways, and we've discussed that privately as well. Um, but I think both your initiative for action, like hopping on projects right away and, and kind of pushing them, and, and vision has been like pretty exciting for, for for sports science, where like the base has been built so well for over the last couple of years, and now you've been able to kind of come in with a fresh perspective and already like push forward on a, on a few projects. Do you, do you want to talk about uh, some, some of that stuff and what's changing in sports science? Yeah, I mean, first you gotta gotta give credit to those who built the launchpad. Yeah. You know, with Anthony Brady obviously being, you know, the biggest contributor in my opinion. Um, guy sacrificed a hell of a lot, you know, for this this company, and I think he deserves a lot of credit. I, 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 I think I think I, I got the audio a little bit. I got the audio a little bit. Oh, sorry. Talk a little louder. You want me to really gas up Brady? Yo, yeah, yeah. Uh, keep, keep, keep keep giving Brady props. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Sorry, I was trying. I was trying to trying to be quiet about it. But no, I mean, Brady's done a hell of a job for us, and he's going to yeah. do a hell of a job anywhere he goes. You know. So, I mean, um, it's it, without that we can't iterate, right? We can't do fun stuff with, with, without someone who left it in a position to iterate on, right? So, um, you know, b- big thing that we can do, I think, going forward, is really improve the automation of what we're doing. I think that's the yeah. biggest thing. Um, and then you and I have talked about that. So then you have the stuff that's breaking the internet right now, right? With chat GPT, obviously Bing just rolled it out in their search engine. I don't know if you saw that. Um, it's yeah. going to be in the previews there. And then Google just had a hasty press Bart. release, you know, after saying like, uh, it's not that big of a deal. You know, obviously it's a huge deal, right? So the, the ability to use something like a, a you know, language learning model or LLM or a transformer, you really got to look at that. How, the, how is that going to transform your business? You know, and from our perspective, I think if you can train something on our database, um, you know, with the millions and millions of records that we have, you know, thinking about how we can run something 24-7 that's constantly learning that enables people from an intern to, you know, the most senior employee to ask questions of the database in natural language, I think you got to really take a hard look at that and see how possible that is. So that's, as everyone on this call knows, um, probably know better than York uh, about how much infrastructure stuff we're doing over the last week and this week about, you know, changing our databases, uh, migrating them, and, and building out our infrastructure. A lot of that is with an eye on 
expanding the artificial intelligence capabilities of our business. Obviously, we use a lot of machine learning. Um, Caravan's, you know, the lead in that, doing 99%, if not more, of the machine learning and the modeling we're doing here. Um, but there is another step forward, right? There is computer vision, there is artificial intelligence, and that's, I know you have an eye on, and I do too, because I think that's going to be, a, I think it's going to change the world in a big way. I think it already has in the last month. Um, I think it has a chance to change our business and the industry again, and I think we need to get ahead of that. And, and we are, and we are. So I'm really excited about that. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I meant even, uh, I, was, I was curious if you want to talk about even like the, because usually we've gone, we usually go pretty niche on, on some of the projects we've, we've worked on internally. I was curious if you want to talk about like the gap detection modeling and even like forward dynamics, if, if you thought it was uh, worth kind of, kind of touching upon, getting getting some fans salivating at the chops. Oh yeah, yeah. People love people love automation. <laughs> uh, you know, right now, if you if you're out there and you're have worked in a motion capture lab or, or know anything about that, I mean, there's just a lot of marker filling. A lot of interns and full time employees have to spend a lot of time, you know, cleaning that data. Whether it's Hawkeye, King Tracks, marker based data, it doesn't matter. You know, and there's just a lot of that. Uh, and yeah, that takes that's a full time job, you know, to do that. And we're very close within, you know, by by April first for sure. We'll have rolled out a fully production pipeline that cleans, you know, at least 90%, and we believe over 98% of all of our data uh, automatically. And that's huge. We'll be the first to ever do it. You know, uh, definitely in baseball, uh, I would imagine in most motion capture labs, I've never seen anyone else that has a model that good uh, or even has one at all. So, um, yeah, that's that's awesome. And that's just basic machine learning. That's just basic algorithm, basic statistics. Yeah. You know, so imagine where we can go if we can really build in a transformer, an LLM, you know, some real AI stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, it's cool. You've got a, yeah, I mean, you got Kyle Wasserberg, lead, leads, uh, or principal sports scientist, and then uh, Joe Marsh back in sports science. I, I, I don't know I don't know what his role is. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> but, uh uh, yeah, I mean, you've, you've got him bought in on, on it too. Like I've seen Wasserberger been posting, he's been posting updates like on, on the validation and, and I know you guys are approaching in a really thorough way. Um, so that's really exciting to see. I was going to say also, I mean, one thing I just talked about with you last week to confirm, and I don't know if, I don't know if you guys know, uh, Garrett or Max, but, uh, as of, as of like last Friday, or I guess as of like last Sunday, Wasserberger and I are going to, uh, be at Sabre next month to present, um, and, and, and you know, even though it sounds like I totally shoehorned myself in here, I got I dropped that note in uh, Team Richard and Dev, like Scott Bush, who, who, who's the chair of Saber, who I've, I've worked with in the past when I presented a couple years ago. Reached out to me, asked me up some biomechanics stuff. Walt, Walt Wass had something, but but he had a couple other things going on. He didn't know if he wanted to like uh, uh, do the thing solo, so I offered to, to kind of help him out. So yeah, we're gonna be in, in Arizona. We're gonna be in Phoenix first week or second week of March, um, which is exciting. We're gonna talk about. Well, we're going to talk about a few things. We're, I mean, a lot of this is going to be talking about a bunch of the biomechanics data, like really high-quality stuff we've collected even specifically in the last one or two years as we brought on Wasserberger and other people on board and and, and using and talking about his, his ratio model and uh, modeling deviance from residuals in, in many aspects to kind of see where someone lies uh, in, in a biomechanical assessment and overall, like, intensity uh, level. And, and and we're also going to talk about open biomechanics, which is, which is super exciting, something that you pushed, Bodhi. But we released a, a repo of open source, both pitching and hitting biomechanics. And that includes like visual 3D models, like the text files we run into our own da uh, databases. And I, I forget, I think it's been forked like over over 20 times, which is not like a mind blowing number, but but let you know, like people have already kind of taken some of it, started experimenting with it. I think it's another added check on, a, on the intern pipeline, right? People that, people that like 
like that, that excuse is gone kind of a little bit, right? Like as someone who's looked through hundreds of internships, internship applications, and one of the things we always talk about is we value open source work. And I mean, I've seen, you know, I've seen, a, a, I've seen some great open source work, but I've also seen answers like, oh yeah, like don't have anything. My work like doesn't let me share anything. Like, okay, there's a ton of stuff. If you know, if you want to work in sports, one of the most competitive fields, there's a ton of stuff you can do that doesn't involve stuff you do at work, you know? And then if you don't have a good, uh, data source or don't know how to scrape the baseball savant, whatever, like, there you go. We're putting out really high quality, uh, very elite sample size of biomechanical data. So that, that's, that's been exciting. So we'll probably talk about uh, a bunch of WASA's modeling, uh, so, some some new biomech initiatives, and then also the open biomechanics project for people that want to kind of pipe in and, and add to the community, uh, in my the growing community in my mind of, of biomechanical data analysis. You know, one, one thing I'll add there, uh, just to give you some stats on the the repo, there's nine go, people baby. watching. It's been yeah, it's been forked 19 times and starred 114 times. That's what I'm so, talking about. That's yeah. why I wanted you on this pod. Yeah, oh, buddy. Yeah, buddy. I, yeah, I was going to say, ha- have to put that in the show notes, the, the link to yeah. that repo so people can access. We've already heard from multiple professors who are using it as like their class documentation. You yeah. know, so if they're teaching a kinesiology class, that's just going to be part of, that's going to be part of the syllabus. Yeah, and that, that yeah. is really exciting. It's very humbling. Um, but I think you're right. You know, and we both have seen what open pitch effects did for fan graphs, what it did for baseball perspectives, and what it did for all of us. You know, and so I think this is hopefully the first step in that regard because we've done as much as driveline has pushed the field of biomechanics and make no mistake, our, we, are at the, we are at the edge. Uh, there's so much more to go, and the best way to push it is to have – uh, open source people look at it and really inspire yeah. people with a different viewpoint. I think. Yeah, of course. I was gonna. I was gonna say one question I've got. Um, it sounds like, I mean, just overall, like the open biomechanics uh, database and so forth is probably one of the maybe first uh, open source data sets that folks have access to on that. Do you think that that'll uh, inspire whether it's I mean even some of the tech companies whether it's uh, Blast Trackman, uh, who knows to follow suit or do you think that that's still far far enough away that um maybe that, that value is not seen yet i hope so i don't know um i just think corporations don't really have they don't see a lot of value in it but if you look at the software community i mean clearly it does it clearly works sure um so i don't know i hope so i hope it's a, i hope it's a start i would love to see a repository of blast sensor data and uh you know, anything else bad about data, whatever. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that, Caravan? Uh, about, about about feature data sources? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I, I think talking about, like, the – well, there, there's one idea that we talked about a, a couple of years ago. I don't know if you guys remember internally about um, – I, I think Dan and I were, were spitballing it on a Basecamp post, and, and, and Mike kind of shut it down because it probably accurately brought up that it was going to take a ton of bandwidth. What was having, like – huge pair of data sources, like the, the glass and hit track stuff that we kind of initially build a bunch of our, you know, big three hitting grades and, and, and insights that still powers our hitting floor to this day. Um, that definitely still powers our hitting floor to this day because Android just submitted a uh, help R&D request overnight uh, on, on fixing a stack ass hitting dashboard. Um, but yeah, we, we talked about like kind of like having that almost be like almost running our own Sabre competition. And again, probably, a, probably a huge project, some, something like, Maybe down the road we'll, we'll kind of consider doing, but but definitely a big undertaking. Um, but but to me that's still like that. There's still a very unique environment that we can churn high quality paired data 
where we standardized the training intensity. We, we standardized like the, the number of reps, uh, pitches, uh, pitchers, things we like, we manipulated the bats, balls, like all this stuff, I think makes our like lab very, very unique and still, you know, almost impossible to replicate. So I think, I think pair data sources coming out of that lab will continue to be like unique to us. And, and, you know, if, if we push that forward and, and push like the inside you built from that forward, which we do through like track and edge, um, I, I think that's still, an, a, you know, a, a large edge that we're going to hold. Max, you want to talk about uh, what, what you see coming down the pipeline on, on the track and, and pull side now? You know, a lot of the pull stuff runs through you, uh, you know, that, that's been handed down from Lindley. And obviously, like, we, we, we've talked about it online, too. Like, there's a ton of stuff that we can do with pulls and that we were kind of doing with pulls. I think now there's an opportunity to streamline and, and make it even more, you know, make its strengths even more effective. And we've talked about gearing a few things specifically for, for colleges during the season as well. Traditionally, we've used track as much more of an off-season or training, programming, athlete management system. And, and now I think we have enough firepower under the hood to, to really let it be, like, actually, like, very, very useful uh, day in, day out, like, 365 days a year. But, um, yeah, what, 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 do you, what do you see there as the, as the vision changes? Yeah, I think with both products at this point, they're pretty mature and at least, like, their feature set. And so a lot of what we're going to do with, track and pulse over the next year is not so much build uh, like entirely new features or entirely new sets of tools. Um, but kind of similar to what we're doing with a lot of other areas of the company is focused on more uh, automation and what we can do um, to, to make it as low touch as possible for trainers to get the most amount of insight and then deliver that to their athletes. Um, and so something like automated reports, something like, um, we're seeing more and more track man data come into the system. So try to see how much uh, of that we can automate ourselves without requiring, you know, say trainers to like upload files themselves. Um, and then uh, using more of our development long-term, nice, uh, for something like uh, app development, which is something I'm pretty excited to work more with York on, but we, we do have... Um, iOS developers on staff. And so, um, you know, the most or most requested thing we've gotten on the track side for a really long time now um, was something like, uh, why isn't this an app? And so that's what we're going to work towards building um, over the course of this year to, to, to deliver. Um, it'll make things better for all track users, um, as well as internally uh, people that train with driveline, whether you're on one of our academy teams or one of the big leaguers that trains with us. So, um, yeah, you know, with a more mature product, you can start looking at uh, features that are take a longer amount of time to deliver on, uh, but are much higher value. Uh, and then can also in the short term focus on just little things that we can do. So like we added a move workouts feature last week, uh, which is like a relatively small feature ad, but was one of the main things that we had requested over the last two, three months. So, I think there's a lot of stuff like that we can do on both the track and pulse side, um, both short and long term. How many past pulse clients have you have you talked to that have been bummed? Uh, Lindley's not on the on the other end. Well, I'm bummed Lindley's not on the other end as well. But um, no, I mean we do we are pretty well staffed. I have uh, had uh, Joe hop on a few things as well. So people that were bummed uh, 
bummed Lindley is gone. I'm excited to talk to Joe again. So uh, I don't know. I mean, we're all kind of doing something similar, right? We're like, as you kind of mentioned, we all do different uh, roles that maybe we did a few years ago, um, but in like a different context. So I don't know. It, it, it's okay. But um, he's definitely been missed on a, on a few calls. York, what do you, what do you um, I mean, I mean, obviously you have, you know, we have, we have Sam iOS, an iOS developer, and we've talked about iOS for, for quite a while. What, what do you see as the um, large, like, kind of stepping stones on the timeline there? Yeah, I mean, the, the biggest thing, and I've talked with Ingalls and uh, Chapa as well, our UI designer, um, but yeah, really just figuring out what we want the first V1 deliverable to be like what functionality we want roped into that first iteration. And then uh, w once we have that dialed, which I, I think we largely do right now, some of the, the most basic functionalities that uh, an athlete might use in the Trek web app, I, I think will be rolled into the, the first iteration. But yeah, in, in terms of milestones and so forth, uh, I, I, think, I think once we get Sam up to speed on some of the APIs and so forth that we've got uh, already developed and some of them that we've just more recently developed, uh, I, I think we'll be able to make pretty good progress pretty quickly. Um, yeah, I, I was going to say, I don't want to say that we're going to have a full app. April 1st, baby, what do we got? Yeah, 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 we yeah, yeah opening, opening day. Yeah, there it is. That's that's the, the surprise <laughs> release date. Not not really. It, not it's really. A diff but uh, yeah, go ahead. It's a different use case too, right? Because uh, yeah. most of our users on a phone are all athletes. So um, yeah. we did something similar in terms of like a mobile redesign from our product designer uh, last year. Um, but we would pretty much just try to replicate like filling out a workout, completing your data, uh, and then add in things that are more um, specifically helpful for an app. So something like notifications is tough to deliver from, uh, you know, a web app. Um, but it's much easier to do on like a native app for athletes. Uh, something like chat is a lot easier to do uh, on an app as opposed to just on a web app. So there's just a lot of like natural um, things we can deliver on. But uh, to start with, you just need need to um, use it to like complete your workout and do like the core actions that athletes do in a given day. Um, and thankfully, uh, especially for what we've done internally, uh, we've built most of the APIs already, um, so we should have a pretty full set of tools to be able to use um, and not have to go, like, build those in real time. Because, like, a lot of what we've done with, with Track um, internally, too, is, is to try to automate as many actions as we can. Um, so, like, a lot of the developments that you've seen might not be, like, full-on front-end improvements, but um, <clears throat> especially internally can save quite a bit of time by not requiring trainers to do a lot of like the same actions that they've had to do. Um, and so that'll just be more beneficial to, to start app development too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we've talked about this before and obviously you've talked about, it, I'm sure in, in, in many track talks, uh, probably one of your most overused phrases after uh, we try to, we try to fix Google sheets or get out of Google sheets, by the way, <laughs> we're not out of Google sheets yet. Uh, but uh, no, I mean, I mean, everything track does, but we don't use Google sheets for, um, but no, I mean, I mean, yeah, we, we bet on as we bet like a while back, like five years ago, I think at this point, or even, even further back when we first started designing the, the infrastructure of track, 
uh, but Bodie can correct me, but we basically bet on ourselves as being the frontier of, player to, of a player development facility and like things we thought were important and things we saw as needing to be automated, we, we built that in um, and, and prioritized like building track around that. And I think I think a lot of this is really starting to pay off. Like obviously we, we, we dealt with like a volume of athletes and a volume of technologies, challenges that only, you know, were specific, specific to our facility. But I think as many facilities have either seen what we've done or, or face a lot of the challenges themselves, you know, in 2023 now where players do care about multiple technologies integrating into, into a backend that features like the stats all in one place. Players do care about like doing online and remote stuff and, and having being able to generate insights and insights from that stuff as well. Um, yeah, I, I think, I think it's starting to pay off really nicely. I was going to ask, do you have any, uh, any early thoughts on, on dealing with track premium clients with which we rolled out, uh, like, I don't know, at this point, a few months ago, um, but essentially they're our, our highest paid tier of a uh, track software. Um, yeah, I mean, pretty much all of those were focused. We have a, a couple uh, clients that were real early adopters, right? And so we've been able to be really um, high touch with them, building out their custom reports and then delivering them uh, so that trainers don't really have to do anything in regards to like a weekly report or see who gets better in a fall um, you know, uh, there are a couple of colleges that are using stuff plus on a per pitch basis. Right. And so yeah. really trying to just limit the amount of time that, uh, coaches have to spend. And then, uh, you know, a varying, uh, different types of reports for different types of seasons. Right. So like you might want like a really in-depth game report, uh, once the season starts, but in the fall, you might be much more focused on like who's in a velocity phase, who's, uh, looking to gain weight and like a lot of it this year was trying to figure out what the main things that each school uh, has the capability of collecting and what they care about and then replicating that. So, um, you know, people are going into their first season with, with having those uh, access to those tools. And then this summer we'll be able to kind of plan out what we built um, a lot that was purely custom and try to, um, you know, deliver on parts of those to, to, to schools who want to uh, jump on board uh, this summer. Um, I was going to say, oh, yeah, I was going to ask you, York, what, what's, I mean, we haven't talked about this in a while, and obviously there have been other priorities, but what, what, what's your vision, or what, do you, what are you thinking, uh, what are your thoughts on where Ed's Free kind of is right now, and how that blends with, with EDU? Do you have, do you have any uh, it's been a minute since we like poured really resources into either talking about it from a marketing point of view, from a product management point of view. Um, but yeah, what, what would you like to see there in the ideal world? Um, yeah. So let me, let me just give a little bit of context on yeah. what that is for, for folks that maybe missed some of the, the news there. So way back we had a, a paid version of edge. It ended up uh, migrating mostly into track. Then we had a free site, where some of the tools that uh, we didn't charge for were available. Uh, those have all since moved into edu.driveonbaseball.com. You can go there, create a free account, and enroll in the free tools bundle, and you can get uh, a slew of tools. Um, I think overall, uh, where they live has been pretty successful. It pairs nicely. So if, you, if you've never been to edu.driveonbaseball.com, that's also where, if you're a, a plus member with DriveOn, you get access to exclusive content uh, and so forth. But um, I, I think having it there uh, has been all right, but I, I think the particularly some of these, particularly some of the 
as some of these tools, excuse me, uh, become maybe more mature, I, I think there'll be different variations that uh, folks will have access to. So one a good example is the intended zone tracker. Uh, it's, it's pretty useful, particularly if you're a, a smaller school, don't have a lot of tech. If you want to, uh, in real time, track the command of a given pitcher in a bullpen setting, a, a game setting, uh, that functionality exists for free in there. But if you're a plus member, for example, at the end of that session, uh, you'll have the option to then generate a button or to generate a report off just clicking a button from all that data that's just been collected. Yeah, generate so, a button, dude. That's way more fire. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was gonna. Yeah, everybody's everybody's gonna start writing code now. But uh, no, I think as some of these tools uh, gain maturity and we we figure out where their final uh, resting place will be. I'd say there'll be more uh, functionality open to the public uh, as we figure out where certain functionality will slot in. So yeah, the intended zone tracker, contact tracker as well. That's the the hidden counterpart to intended zone tracker. Um, I, I think there's a chance that some of that could uh, live in track. Right now, it's pretty uh, pretty at home. I think in the education platform. But yeah, I think as a whole, uh, some of some of as some of these reporting tools uh, become more mature, I, I think we could see certain aspects of it uh, get rolled out for free to the public. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, definitely a lot of firepower. That's kind of those two. So I think that's going to be an interesting thing to, to balance it. And we're, we're, we're still looking, I think, internally right now for a director of, of EDU as well, someone to kind of take the vision on, on because, uh, I mean, that's that's a, there's a lot, there, there's a lot of, you know, value in, in those products. And I think, like, it's been driven in the past by um, a, a pretty strong vision. Actually, funnily enough, I think I, t- I told some of you guys this, but like a week ago, I was on the call with the, um, with a couple of people off the data team on, on, the, on the Thunder. I got connected there for my friend in high school. His cousin works as a data architect for the Thunder. And, and like one of the questions, the director of player development, uh, shout out Greg if you're, if you're listening, um, who asked some really good questions. He was like, it, it was funny because he's asking like all these questions that were good questions, but I've done just enough, like I've had like just enough convos, either like on the podcast or talking to people that had like answers kind of like pretty queued up for it. And like one of the final ones, like, what about like, what are like teaching other coaches to go ever do like coaches development or like, what? and I was like, yeah, foundations of pitch. I, I was like, you know what I mean? I was just like, yeah, EDU. And I was like, I was like, I was like sending him like thinkific, uh, thinkific links yeah, yeah. on the zoom. But it was just, it was just funny. Cause like it made me like feel better about our, um, I mean, not better. Like, I didn't feel poor about it, but like made me feel really good about like our, you know, like back when we started rolling out finish foundations of pitching, you know, like when back in my mind, I'm like, all right, well, like, is this another product that we're just kind of like rolling out here and like, uh, pushing it towards like another product or like using like getting customers in the door and kind of like using this as the end point, w- w- which is fine. When was this something that like a businesses do anyways, but like, I was like, okay, yeah, actually like this does tie in really nicely, especially now that I have a director of player, player development from another uh, sports team asking me questions. Um, but, but I was yeah. going to change the subject a little bit because I still technically have a data engineering internship open. Uh, but Bo- Bodie, do you want to, do you want to kind of recap the, the sports science hiring season? Um, you know, up, up to you how much you want to shout out people. I mean, you know, your boy drops names all the time on this podcast. So a, a, any, any you people know. you're excited about or, or, or yeah, how the sports science application go? Yeah, yeah. Let me pull up. Uh, let me pull up. All, I want to make sure I get the schools. Yeah. Right. Tell, tell us your favorite ones. <laughs> r- 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 rank down. Oh, yeah. Like my favorite, least favorite. Yeah. 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 Least favorite is Anthony Brady. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, um no, it's so like I said, we had a huge, um, a lot of headcounts to fill, both in Arizona and Washington, um, and so we had a ton of 
ton of applicants. So we were, you know, again, I think it's, if it's not every year, it's like pretty close to it that we've, we've hired someone out of Point Lemonazarin, uh, which is where Arnel Aguinaldo runs his lab. And uh, yeah, that program is obviously very successful, both in baseball. They were in the finalist, uh, finals of the uh, College World Series, Division Two. So the baseball program is great. Just, shout out Justin James, um, awesome guy there. Um, and then we hired Jason Hashimoto from there. He's also from Oregon State, uh, but he's at Point Loma now, so that's, that's a great hire. Uh, Nicholas Meyer from University of Dayton. Uh, Clayton Thompson from Augustana University. Uh, and then we actually have, so Hannah Edwards from UNLV, she's here now. Uh, and then Alex Eldridge from St. Louis. Alex is actually a current intern in high performance, but he's gonna move over to like a dual role. Uh, so that's five, four and a half people coming over on the sports science side. Uh, pretty, pretty excited. Hannah will train here and then go to Arizona. So they're all great, uh, postgraduate, either postgraduate or in their graduate programs. Uh, really knowledgeable. Uh, so it's, it's always very humbling to be a college dropout and being managing people that have accomplished a hell of a lot more in academia than you. So it's, it is cool. I mean, don't tell them yet, bro. Don't tell them you're a college dropout yet. Let, let, <laughs> hit them with a couple uh, of it's, no, no, you know, it's all right. It's all right. You gotta let them know. Yeah, it, it, radical honesty, you know, up front. It's fine. No. Yeah, I mean, I mean, one thing I've always liked about our job applications, including like when I first saw it and, and applied, was uh, stressing that a uh, college edu is not a uh, it's not required. Um, which obviously, I mean, we all we all know there's there's positive signal with with specific colleges or you know probably having like a like a college edu or at least at least, some of, at least some of it. But I think it's it's nice in a world where a lot of things are gated by at the end of the day like pretty uh, arbitrary guidelines you know there's a lot more context and that goes into someone's education than what college they went to what their grades were in high school what the grades were in college things like that so um no we've always had like a pretty interesting and diverse uh application pool and have had like successful interns from from uh, various backgrounds i mean i had ethan siegel uh one of, one of the i mean ethan's obviously extremely extremely bright but uh you know we, we hired him like before he even started college and that's been one of our best interns, in my opinion. Um, but on the data engineering internship, currently still hiring. Uh, we have a couple of people in the interview pipeline right now. So, so if you're interested, I would say immediately apply. Um, but yeah, that, that's been going. That's been going decent. I, I told this story. I think to at least one of you guys, but but, but have a funny add-on. But I, I put together. So the process was, you know, you apply. There's a couple um, questions, like more about like rating your coding competency, like on a scale of one to five answering a few questions that filter a little bit, you know, I ask for open source work. Uh, I ask for like a research question for you to come up with. So if you like completely mail that in, mail in the, the what do you want to work for a driveline, yeah, I could probably, like I'm probably just immediately thumbs down you and not, not really looking at the rest of your resume or application. Uh, if, if, if your coding competency is like under a four on, on multiple things, I'm, it's going to be a no, just because we need people in the door like right away. Um, but, but for the most part, like anyone half decent, I mean, when I say half decent, I'm talking about <laughs> clip it. No, uh, I've said way worse. Brutal, the body, so okay. uh, anyone, anyone that has like a, like a, like a strong, compelling resume and application for, for a data engineer, I'm probably sending a questionnaire, um, too. And I put, I put together this questionnaire. And one of the things I did is the, the questionnaire has, has, has some, like has a few, you know, one of them is like a picture of our, of a data table and like ask them like get feedback on the data table. So it's obviously very specific. That's, that's something like, you know, you have to like, it's a very applied. There's a couple questions that are definitely like Googleable or, you know, in, in today's terms, like chat GPTable. So what I did was um, the most, the most like obvious one to me to, 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 to plug in a chat GPT 
I generated a chat GPT answer um, and, and had that there. And then when I was looking through the answers, like a few of them seemed like they were pretty fucking close. And then I sent I sent this one to York. I sent one that seemed extremely similar, like to the point where York's like, wait, that's another answer. Like you thought, like, I don't, you, you thought, you thought they were like both chat GPT answers, right? York. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I plugged them in before you uh, even sent me those responses. Just, to, I was like, ah, let's see what yeah. they, they say. And like, there were three points and the, the responses on the dot were like the three yeah. exact topics. It, it was the it's biggest coincidence of all like, time. Yeah. Like, 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 either straight copied and pasted or, or, you know, or yeah. they got a slightly different version or sorry, they got a slightly different version or copy and pasted, or they, they, they honestly changed like, 20% of the words in there. And, and, and I, you know, like once I saw that, I mean, and, and the, I mean, I, I said, you can use whatever, whatever resources you want, but like, obviously just basically copying and pasting a, an answer from ChatGPT is like not very compelling. And, and, and the person could have had a stronger application anyways. It certainly wasn't like, um, it was probably like middle of the road. And I saw that I was like, all right, it, it's, you know, I'm not reaching out for an interview. Uh, and then I sent out like a mass, you know, like, Hey, Hey, like, thanks for applying. Uh, we're, we're moving on a different direction. And that person actually, uh, this part, I haven't told anybody that person actually emailed me like the one person that emailed me for like feedback on the application was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I know some companies don't have a policy of, 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 uh, of getting back to people on why they rejected application. But I'm just curious, like, do you, know, like, do you have any context or whatever, or any, like what, what I can do to improve? <laughs> and I was like, I, I, I was like, I'm fine giving it to them. So I just straight, I, I just dumped those uh, screenshots back. I was like, yeah, probably like don't copy ChatGPT, uh, and then also you know the the definition of smash factor is incorrect, um, and I was like I was like also we're a startup, bro. We don't have any policy of not giving, <laughs> not giving answers to to rejected applicants. So, anyways, hopefully that didn't dissuade anyone from. Uh, I mean, obviously I didn't dox the person or anything. So, you know, if, if you're listening to this and you're worried about me me roasting you, like yeah, if you if you obviously ChatGPT, I'm gonna roast your ass, but I'm not gonna obviously out you on, on who it is. So that's 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 right, how or, data engineering applications going. Yeah, or or use use ChatGPT and, and say that you did right. Like oh here's yeah yeah I, you yeah. know I, I think that would be I think you'd be down with that. Yeah yeah you know, for sure for sure building a model you know but like yeah just copy paste and did that guy get back to you after you teed him up? No, I don't think so. It was uh, yeah. Uh, and again like I'm I'm sure the guy's great and and uh, like he had a a pretty decent pretty decent uh, application. But uh, it was just—it was just funny because I, I, I wasn't going to say anything. It, was, it wasn't like I, like the moment I saw it, I was like, "Oh, yeah, this, this right. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah." I think I, I said, "Sure." I mean, one of the things that stuck out to me is that your answer looked extremely similar to ChatGPT's answer. Um, it's very diplomatic of you. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, uh, learning experience for you. Um, but uh, yeah, the. I figure we can we can we, you know have the the, the the inaugural first episode of us back uh, go too long. Um, the only other thing I wanted to, to mention and shout out is, uh, you know, last time, well, I, I guess he's been on one time without me, but last time I had, uh, <clears throat> Max Engelbrecht on the podcast, uh, you know, jokingly, I'll, I'll usually like riff and, and kind of throw some, some, uh, random, some of those uncomfortable questions, the guest way I asked him if he was single or not. Um, and, uh, you know, he said he was single at the time, which, which, you know, I like to give myself credit for, for a little bit of a wingmaning action there. Uh, Max, what, what, what's up with you, man? You, you seeing what, what's, what's your marital status? I think I said last time that I, I wasn't going to say, um, so I should probably say the same thing again. Uh, no, I, I got, um, I got engaged. Uh, also, um, before, uh, our first date, the, 
one thing she did, or probably multiple, but one thing she did to make sure I wasn't like crazy was listen to this podcast, uh, which is pretty funny. Uh, so, so probably listen to this too. So, uh, yeah. That's a win. There you go. Um, but I have no, I have no single guys on the pod, so I can't, I can't wing right now. Yo, yo, can you guys wing me real quick? <laughs> Give it a few episodes, maybe. You want, you want me to? <laughs> <laughs> but okay, sweet. Um, yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped for, 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 for new stuff brewing and, and, and driving R and think we've, we've finally settled down a little bit after, after some chaotic stuff, and, and now we're, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to, to go to war with these guys. And yeah, any any final words for for any fans that are uh, thinking about <laughs> thinking about tuning in on 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 the the third season or second season, I'd say, of, of the R&D podcast. Get, get used to get get used to ChatGPT. It's going to change. You know, don't maybe don't copy and paste, but I mean, it's uh, start thinking how it can change the business, your business, your your life, whatever. You're you're, you're down to revise your fifteen answer or what? Yeah. Yeah, uh, no comment. All right, sweet. Um, we'll, we'll see you live on X, but peace. Thanks, guys. Peace.